0: Hi, guys. Welcome back. I am so happy that you're here. I want to just start off by saying thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Um, Those of you who are kind of making this podcast a routine in your life and continue to listen and download the episodes and be a part of this community, that really means so, so much, so much to me. Um, And when you share them on Instagram and I get to repost your shares, uh, it just, really brings a giant smile to my face. So I just want you to know that you being here does not go unnoticed. And I want to thank you for that. Lastly, secondly, firstly, I don't know. Today is all about productivity. That's what it's about. It's about productivity. It's about organization. Um, but, you know, in true VB squad, very best self podcast nature, it's also also about so much more than that. Um, and, of course, dives into mindset and how to really connect to our very best selves, right? So I have Ryder Carroll on today. He created the bullet journal method. And so I feel like a lot of people have heard of the bullet journal method. And if you're not a current user of this method, I think by the end of today's episode, you just might be. So I hope that you enjoy this. So many key takeaways. It was a great conversation. And I'm excited for you to listen. Here we go. All right. All right. You guys, we are back. And today I have a really exciting guest. I have writer Carol on today. He is the New York times bestselling author of the bullet journal method and creator of the bullet journal. I feel like at this point, like everyone has at least heard of the bullet journal it's, it's pretty popular and at least people just have heard of it. Um, and so I'm super excited to have you on today, anything organization or just basically filing all of the insane thoughts that are going on in my mind at any point, um, I'm obsessed with. So thanks so much for being on today.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah. Um, and so I guess, you know, you created this journal to, help with the same thing i just said basically the creating a filing cabinet with all of your thoughts and having them swirl around in your mind all the time and feeling that that you know disorganization that a lot of us go through and feel all the time and the shame around that i think at least i feel a lot of shame around my disorganization um and so you had this idea i just kind of want to share the story from what i had read in your book of how this concept happened and how it came to fruition and really just like who you were as a person before you created this and how it's helped your life.
1: Sure.
0: Loaded question. I know, <laughs> it's <a lot> there. <laughs> but I guess I, I, I asked this question because I think from the outsider perspective, most people might consider that someone who created a journal is super, super organized and maybe you are now. Um, but it, You weren't always that way. So that's the cool thing
1: for me. Yeah, absolutely not. I would say that it exists because I am not a super organized person. If anything, I struggled with organization all my life. I created the Bullet Journal Method or what became known as the Bullet Journal Method because I struggled with it so much. It's the answer and the solution to my own challenges. And that's kind of the origin story. um, Yeah, it started back in, I would say, late elementary school, early middle school, when I started realizing that my peers were having a much easier time in school than I was. Um, It was much easier for them to focus and to stay organized. And it kind of seemed like they were having a lot of fun in school and I was having less and less fun in school. So I went to a school where it's like, kindergarten to 12th grade, all kind of with the same people. So the interesting part about that is that you start to realize differences in your trajectory when you see your friends being able to do something that you can't specifically in school. Math wasn't a problem to my friends at the time. And it was to me. And I kept on making these experiences until it was clear that Things were harder for me than for others, which then eventually resulted in poor, poor grades and so forth and so on. Until finally, I was diagnosed with ADHD. So there was actually a reason for it, which was both helpful and unhelpful. On the one hand, the diagnosis meant yes, you do have this challenge. But on the other hand, and I'm going to date myself here, at the time it was a very new diagnosis. So there was really very little that i could do about it it's like you have to sing have a nice day <laughs> you know there were not a lot of resources available this is before the internet as well so i had to kind of figure out what am i going to do with this information i can either just use it as an excuse to keep falling behind or i could use it as a way to really kind of motivate myself to do something about it and i did the latter because I guess I'm stubborn and I started figuring out small little ways to become more focused and organized with the only tool that I had available to me at the time, which was pen and paper. I think it's important to note because it's very much part of the bullet journal method is that it did not arrive fully formed, right? right. So it, it, it kind of developed over time one solution at a time or part of a solution at a time over many, many years. So I would try something and it helped me just a little bit. So I refined it and it helped me a little bit more. And then I'd try all these other things, constantly trying things because I was desperate, I needed tools. And every once in a while, something would work. So through like a lot of trial and error, I started finding tools that actually helped me become significantly more focused and productive and allow me to actually accomplish my goals, which was just not available to me. So over years and years and years of refining these things, eventually I kind of packaged what I had learned and that's what became the bullet journal method. But before it's just how I was using my notebook, trying to survive.
0: Right. And so the difference between the bullet journal method and typical journals is a typical journal will have prompts laid out for you. And so the bullet or the bullet journal is like kind of a plug and play moment. So there's a bunch of different methodologies and you can put them in the journal as you see fit for what your personal needs are and tracking things. Am I right about that? And as I explain to people who aren't familiar.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I provide a foundation of tools, like here are the basics to get you started because you need some kind of structure and that structure allows people to create and design their own tools So in one way, it is structured, but it's structured in a way to be very customizable for every single person's experience and needs. It becomes what you need it to be over and over again. And I guess that's why I think it's important to mention that it never arrived fully formed because it isn't finished. It's continuing to evolve for me and for everybody who uses it. You kind of begin bullet journaling, but... It changes over time, depending on your own circumstances, as we all need different tools at different times in our lives.
0: Great, right, because we all of our brains work differently. But how cool to have something that grows with you and mm-hmm. changes and evolves as you do as a, as a human being. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I think that's really cool. And I'm personally just kind of getting into it myself. And I am the person that you talk about in, in your book um, that has post-it notes scattered everywhere. I've got 10,000 journals. I've got 10,000 lists. I'm like, okay, cool. I got to write it down. I got to write it down. I got to write it down. I know that about myself, but keeping it all together and keeping myself sane is like, it's a challenge it is. Mm -hmm. And, and especially I think nowadays, I think, you know, there aren't so many human beings anymore that just have the nine to five and that's all that they do people are so much more multifaceted. They have their side hustle. They have their passion projects. They have all these things that are going on. And so, you know, for me on a personal note, I've got this podcast, I'm a soul cycle instructor. I'm like, I'm trying to write a book myself and there's like a million different things that I'm working on. And so to, it's like, I just have notes everywhere. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, okay, reading this, I'm like, there's hope for me. <laughs> which is comforting. And so anyone out there listening that you know feels the same, that feels like they can't get out of their own way to save their lives, like this is a methodology that is kind of really built for people like that. And I guess I just am constantly writing down things I'm inspired by in quotes. And I also have a notes, like my notes, like if I, you know, do you know that blogger girl Tinks? I don't know if you know who she is. Um, she was like, if I ever die, she was like, don't read the notes in my phone. (laughs) <laughs> and I fully like the same because I'm like, do not open up my phone and look through the 17,000 pages of notes that are not in order in any way, shape or form. But that's what this does is allows you to bring order to all of your thoughts, which, hi. Yeah, yeah. I need I need that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple of things. There's a lot of things that I've read that, um, you know, I want to kind of talk about. One thing I've known for a long time is that we're 42% more likely to accomplish a goal if we write it down. What are your thoughts around that? And what is the the methodology or the difference between having a thought in our minds and then what happens when we transcribe those thoughts and dreams in into paper, pen to paper form?
1: I think that the most important thing, at least in my own experience, and I find this to be true in the community a lot, is that we have many notions, right? We have the beginnings of ideas. So a thought and an idea aren't necessarily the same thing. You feel a certain way or you have a certain thought, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything. I think that's why they can be so distracting. Maybe you feel anxious. Why? Right? Or you feel excited. Why? What does that look like exactly? And we live such intense lives right now that all of a sudden our minds are filled with all these pieces. They're very specific and atomic, if you will. And I think that when you write things down, it forces you to actually articulate that thought. It forces you to develop it in real time. You need to literally use your words. So you start to get a lot more purchase on your thoughts. And you start developing your thoughts into ideas very quickly. I feel this way because, or here is an idea. So you're all of a sudden breathing real life into something that was just a fleeting experience, if you will. And that's really helpful. Also, I think what's really important is that Of course, we can have ideas as we're thinking throughout the day. We're piecing it together, but those ideas disappear really quickly or those thoughts disappear really quickly. And One thing that I find incredibly powerful about writing things down is that all of a sudden, you're parking your thoughts. They stop, and you can see them clearly written down on the page for the first time. And There's a very big difference between having a thought in your mind and having a thought on a piece of paper because all of a sudden, something may make much more sense or make a lot less sense and if it makes less sense then you have an ability to kind of continue to develop it but i think there's a really important transition that happens between your mind and your hand and oftentimes that's the beginning of something that will develop into a real idea or an action if you will
0: Right. Because it's all about turning if you want to make things happen in if, if we want to make things happen in our lives, it's all about turning the thoughts into action. Um, because a dream is always a dream if it just stays in your mind.
1: Right. And I think part of the reason why it remains a dream is that you forget it. We yeah. forget so many of the things we want to do, even when they really inspire us. And I think to your point before, you have so many things that inspire you, which is a wonderful quality to have. But all of a sudden, you have too many things inspiring you. And all of a sudden, all you have is inspiration and no right. direction.
0: Do you keep your bullet journal next to your bedside? Because I wake up so often and I'll be like, oh, my God, that's a brilliant idea. And I'll think to myself, this is the best idea I've ever, i ever had. And I'm like, I don't need to write it down because it's such a good idea that there's no Ooh. way I can ever, ever, ever forget this. <laughs> and then I wake up and I'm like, what was that thing again? <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. I've told myself that story too many times to know that it's true. Yeah, (laughs) Not by my bedside, but there there are many days where I walk directly from the bed to the notebook to write things down. Yeah.
0: And also to your point about how it changes from your mind to, to the paper is, um, I was reading also just cognitively, um, like college kids who type their notes versus college kids who actually Mm -hmm. write hand, write their notes. Um, they have, they understand the, the, um, you know, the content so much deeper because what's happening in that, that moment is like, if you're typing, you're kind of writing, word for word, what the person might be saying. But if you're writing it, it's like your own personal language, because you hit, you know, you'll do short form, and you'll write things in ways that you understand. And, uh, and also, it's just the way that it's going through that loop in our brains that we're just actually kind of receiving the information versus just basically being a scribe and writing down, you know?
1: Yes, you have to think about what's being said. And that's really important. Like we can listen all day long without hearing anything. right Right. so it's it's i think especially for people with adhd what's really helpful is by using your own words it forces you to think about what's being said which means that all of a sudden you go from a passive to an active state especially when you're trying to as we do in bullet journaling reduce information to its essence like what about what i'm hearing is important and that makes you use your mind over and over again. And you do that by articulating things using your own language. And that helps right. you engage with content.
0: I love that. I mean, I think the the easiest um, kind of example I can come up with that for in real life that I think I've talked about a lot on this podcast is because it's just something that I really care deeply about. Um, and is remembering people's names. How many times have you introduced Mm -hmm. yourself to someone and been like, hey, I'm so, you know, I'm Victoria, what's your name, da, 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 and they say their name and then you go about your conversation or whatever and you're like, I have no idea what their name is. I have no clue. So that's like the easiest example of listening but not hearing um, or hearing but not listening uh, and just remembering someone's name when they speak to you. Um, But yeah, all in the same kind of realm of things, but we can practice that daily by being really conscious when we meet people like looking them in the eye and when you ask their name you know one of the things i like to try and do is repeat it back i'll be like they'll say I'm, you'll say i'm writer,' and i'm like oh writer, nice to meet you and i'll say it back but and that's totally not really in line with what we're talking about all the way but uh just a i don't know sidebar about that
1: for sure i, I mean i think it is actually aligned in that you've discovered a tool that really works and for me In many ways, like bullet journaling is a tool for thinking. So it's not about bullet journaling. It's about figuring out what works. I just found that many things are improved by, through the written word. I think one of my favorite quotes is you write in order to learn how to think. And for Mm -hmm. me, journaling is a way of practicing writing over and over again.
0: I love that. Um, Another quote you said was from a friend of yours. I'm going to try and remember it. Sometimes the long way is the short way to get that right.
1: Sometimes the long way is the short way. Yeah. There's so many variations of that. that. Yeah.
0: Figuring this out is a little bit complicated. The bullet journal in and of itself and Mm. spending time with yourself and categorizing all of your thoughts. And like, it becomes easier over time like anything else. Right. But like figuring it out and going through that process and methodology and learning that way, it's, it's, it takes a long time right? But eventually it categorizes your thoughts in a way that makes sense and allows you to do the paramount thing, which is zoom out and see what's going on in your life. Um, And that's why, you know, it's so necessary and helpful, but yeah, the short way, the long way is the short way. I loved that.
1: Yeah. For me, I've been doing it for so long. So it's very hard for me to see how hard it is to get into bullet journaling, but it's interesting because I feel like the hardest part is to wait until you have the moment of recognition as to why this is really helpful. And I think that a lot of people start bullet journaling start because of what they see online. And there's a lot of really decorative interpretations of the methodology and they have to be an artist. And there you go. We have all, yeah, I all, all the, the colors. Pens,
0: a whole rainbow yeah. pens to make my and, bullet journal pretty.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let's put it this way. I explained the fundamentals of bullet journaling in a video, a free video that you can see on the site, and YouTube, everywhere. uh, And that takes four and a half minutes. Those are the beginnings. So like starting with that puts you in an environment where the next thing is able to happen, which is you start figuring out how you can use this for yourself. Like that's a big part that's missing from a lot of people's practices with bullet journaling is What are you trying to accomplish with this? This is why intentionality is really at the heart of the methodology. It's like you can buy the best tools in the world, but if you don't have a project that you need to use them for, they're useless, right? They don't provide no value. So a big part of bullet journaling is to start to discover how it can really help you. And once you start aligning the tools that I provide with an actual purpose, that's when it clicks for a lot of people. And that usually takes a month or two it's yeah. the because everyone brings their own life into it. I think that's the thing that sets it apart. It's not me telling you how to live your life. It's like here are tools that will assist you depending on what you're trying to do. You bring the purpose into it. You bring the story into it. You bring the direction into it. And it takes a little while to figure out like, oh, this this is what I need this for now.
0: Right. Right. Um, and I mean, I think there's a lot of, I know there's a lot of books out there that really dive into the habits of highly successful people. And one thread that ties highly successful people together is they have a routine. They have something that they wake up every single day and do. And so this, you know, making this a part of your routine and a part of who you are fundamentally as a person, um, is, is one key factor in just becoming successful.
1: I think it's been very helpful for me just in that it removes a lot of choices that I have to make all the time. Like, where am I going to write this down? When am I going to take time to think about this? Okay. What, what is my priority? What isn't the priority? Like in a previous life, all these things were scattered and I kind of consolidated this all into my own routine, into my own practice. So the fundamentals that I teach don't only provide templates for you to think with, but it also provides a framework as to when to engage with your bullet journal and what to think about as your bullet journaling. So a lot of the things that happen in the bullet journal method are kind of invisible. So we have like daily reflection, weekly reflection, monthly reflection, and we think about things in a very certain way and have certain filters, which take the content that we're writing down. And this is a, a thing that's often missed missing from a lot of productivity systems like there's only the record you're capturing things but what do you do with that record you can have a million of the most valuable notes in the world but if you don't read them again if you don't know what to do with them they provide no value so a big part of bullet journaling is what do you do with the things that you write down why are you writing down the things that you're writing down which is really brings us to the core of the methodology which isn't about becoming better at uh, running in the hamster wheel it's about taking a step back and really defining for yourself why you're doing the things that you're doing sure it'll help you become more productive but it's more about aligning your why with your what that's really the end the essence of the methodology and that's something that requires routine
0: right yeah and you said uh which is so true about um Barack Obama wearing the same suits, same color suits and, you know, Steve Jobs with his black turtleneck. And I think there was another example. I don't remember. Um, But, you know, eliminate choice as much as you can and find out what's actually important in each, in any given moment. And what is something that you're spending time on that you don't really need to be spending time on. Yes, So becoming, yeah, becoming more efficient with our time and uh, the things that we do. So I want to talk about apps and technology and how our brains are constantly toggling from app to app to thing to thing and like overall how that dips into efficiency because if we're doing juggling a million things at once we're not actually really getting I wouldn't say anything done but you're not getting a lot done as much as you could
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I I have no problem with technology really you know I, I spent most of my career designing apps I was a user experience designer. And I fully can appreciate what a false of what a force multiplier subordinates <laughs> with slip uh, force multiplier apps can be, but I find that apps are really good at helping us connect to the world around us and with each other, but they're not very good at helping us to connect to the world within. And it's really important to understand your motivation as to why you're doing anything. Right. And it's like, If you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, then no matter how productive you can be, it won't mean anything. It'll feel meaningless, right? You can be going 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction. And I think that a lot of us do that all the time. And so for me, technology needs to be used very intentionally. Why am I using this app? And that's something that for me was a long struggle for a while, especially as there was more and more apps, you know, especially with ADHD, it's like, oh, the next shiny thing. And there's this promise of making you super hyper productive and solving all these problems and, you know, making you superhuman and sure they can, but I often found that they were solving problems that I didn't really have, Mm -hmm. right? It was just adding more clutter to my life in some ways. So for me, a big part of my own evolution was figuring out what am I trying to build and then finding the tools that I need to do that thing. Again, tools are just as valuable as they are in helping you create something. And I think that a lot of us, especially because apps are so powerful, focus on the tools and not the plan. So for me, the interaction is like everything starts in analog because it slows me down. What am I trying to build? Why does it matter? What tools do I need to do that thing? And then finding the apps that do that. And that's when they become enormously powerful to
0: me. Yeah, that's, that's true. Also, I have this just here. Have you ever seen these? I love this.
1: Oh yeah, sand class. timer,
0: obviously. But um you can go on Amazon and order these. So this is a 30-minute sand timer. So I know when I turn this over, I'm like, okay, I can't look at my cell phone for 30 minutes until the sand runs out. This is like, you know, it's silly, but like, you know, I'll look up, up at it and it's sitting right, will sit it right beside my phone. So that when I want to reach for my phone, because it's like an impulsive thing at this point, you know, I'm like, oh nope, the sand timer is definitely still going. I need to stay focused on exactly <laughs> what I'm doing right in front of me. Um, so that helps me a lot. Yeah, it helps me a lot. Um, I actually was just having a conversation with someone at work literally last night about that about this, how they're like, I just keep reaching my phone and I don't have any need to reach for my phone. There's nothing Mm -hmm. that I need to see right now and it's just an impulsive thing. So I don't know, we have to work to always kind of combat that happening
1: because we're all guilty of it. Absolutely. I mean, we we like to be stimulated, right? We like to be aroused and like Oh, I have a moment of doing nothing and, and oh, God forbid, I might get bored. I might as well right. look at things that have absolutely no relevance to my life. You know, here's, here's a rat dragging a pizza in the subway, you know, like great, <laughs> right, my, my life is now enriched, but no, yep. you know, it's an hour passes and I couldn't tell you what I saw for the past hour. It's easy. It's very yep. easy.
0: Yep. The mindless scroll that we all fall victim to from time to time uh and i there was a a line that i always try to remember too which is spend more time creating than consuming
1: it's true i mean the thing is that we're we're up against the most powerful technology in the world trying to consume more and more of our time it's literally designed for us to become addicted to it and this is not even new information and Nobody wants to admit that they're an addict, myself included. So it becomes really important that we find ways to be more intentional with technology because technology is unlimited and we are very limited. And that's, that's something that it's really hard to keep in mind.
0: Right. Especially with what's going on or what has been going on in the world now for almost two years uh, is, is screen time is way up. Screen time is at an all-time high.
1: COVID has given people an excuse to get rid of good habits. You know, there's there's an epidemic of loneliness. And loneliness is usually intensely felt when there's no connection. So... There's two ways of solving that. One, you distract yourself from the loneliness or you connect with people through the screen. But in both cases, you're going to the same source. So it's it's not, now we have become dependent on our screens in a way that wasn't even available before. So it's becoming even more important that we become very intentional about our relationship with technology because a lot of it, a lot of social media is making us feel much worse. We go to it to feel better, but we leave feeling even worse. So it's um an ongoing an ongoing exploration of our relationship with technology.
0: Right. And I um recently saw that uh Glennon Doyle had posted um something along the lines of you're not you're comparing your life not to their life, but you're comparing your life to their feed.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Like the cherry-picked all... moments of perfection oh, yeah. like are the moments that we're all comparing ourselves to. Uh,
1: and we do it ourselves a... too.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We cherry pick our moments and then we compare ourselves to other people's cherry-picked moments. <laughs> which is just a mind fuck in and of itself.
1: Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if the trend would be that you only share the things that really matter to you? not the things that you thought would make you look good, but the things that you actually really cared about. And a lot of things you care about are not necessarily positive, they're concerns. So it's, it's social media is just inauthentic for the most part. I'm not yeah. saying j- globally, but most of the time people want to be like, hey, my life is good. Let me prove it to you.
0: <laughs> look at me doing X, look at me doing Y, look at me doing Z. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. So that's it's, um, of course it's hard to compare to that. Wow. That's an amazing trip that they always seem to be on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, uh, so one thing that in my world is insanely important to me, and I feel like I that I credit probably most of any of my success too, is just the creating a sense of community um, and bringing people together. And that's what I care the most about. Um, we've got the very best self podcast, which is, you know, has the very best self squad. Uh, and I think it's just, it's like something that really drives me and that I care about because it's what I do. Everything I do is for the squad. Um, and so I know the bullet journal community is also super strong. I mean, let's talk about the beginning of the journal. You posted something somewhere and then it went viral and you never expected any of this and then it was a crowdsource um funded right
1: yeah so to be clear the bullet journal method is just that a methodology so a lot of people think it's an actual notebook because now there is also a notebook but originally it was just a way of using any notebook you want and you can do the bullet journal method in any notebook you want but a year into it I didn't really know what to do with it. This was like a side project that I did in two weeks, just kind of reformatting what I've been doing for years in hopes that it would help people who were dealing with the same challenges I was. And then I launched it and kind of walked away from it. And all of a sudden it became a thing. So for a year, I just kind of observed, what can I build now that would be helpful? And the reason that I was so interested in that is because communities started forming around Bullet Journal and how they used Bullet Journal method in ways that I would have never imagined. We're talking about every walk of life, applying the same methodology to very different challenges, you know, from dealing with mental illness, to physical illness, to education, to parenting, and, 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 all all these things that I had never needed to think about. (laughs) So as the creator, I was like, oh, wow, okay. I didn't realize that that would align or map on so easily. And people started sharing. They became incredibly vulnerable talking about the challenges that we're facing. And for me, that at first was almost confusing because even back then, the toxicity of the internet was really revving up and anybody who was vulnerable or shared or something was usually immediately trolled to oblivion but in this case somebody else would be like oh i'm going through that as well and i tried this thing out have you tried that and like no i haven't and then they'd come back to like, oh that was really helpful and i tried this have you tried this and it became like this crowdsourced evolution problem solving because there's really no barrier to entry with journaling. you have a pen and paper and you can write you know it's it's once you get the basics You can do whatever you want with it. And people were sharing these incredible solutions that I could have never come up with myself because I just don't face those challenges or those circumstances. And I'm like, what can I do to support this? Because this is really amazing. This is way bigger than myself. And then a year later, I thought, like, why don't I build a new version of the website that focuses on how the community uses the bullet journal, not just how I use it. So I launched a Kickstarter campaign, and as a gift for the higher backer tiers, I was like, hmm, maybe it would be kind of cool to make a notebook that was specifically designed for bullet journaling. So I partnered with this company called Leuchtturm 1917, who made the notebook that I was using, which I was actually introduced to by the community, by the way. <laughs> They're like, have you ever tried this? I'm like, no. And I tried it, and I fell in love with it. So I reached out to them. and. They had heard of me. And so we made this limited release version of a custom bullet journal notebook. And when I launched the Kickstarter, the notebook sold out immediately. And people were like, why is this a limited thing? Why don't you just make a notebook? And I would say people were just as interested in just the notebook as they were in the new website. So I went back to Leuchtturm and were like, hey, why don't we just do this? Why don't we create this thing? And that's when bullet journal became a business and yeah i worked with the community to develop the tools and the design of the notebook and that's the beginning of what led me to focus on bullet journal for full-time
0: and then you wrote a new york times besting best-selling book that talks about <laughs> stories of bullet journal users uh and how this has changed their lives from every age and every walk of life and also teaches you kind of the nitty-gritty of how to to do it and why it's important uh so nbd no big deal <laughs> well,
1: it was interesting because when, originally when i shared bullet journal I shared one side of it, which was specifically like the organizational productivity aspects. There was a whole other part of it that I use that I just wasn't ready to talk about at the time, which is the why, why do I do this? Why is it important? Why does a goal actually matter, right? Why am I doing these things? How do you find meaning in what you're doing? And these are questions that occupy me all the time. And that's really the more interesting part of all this stuff. Like sure I like being efficient and productive, but I have experienced over and over again working incredibly hard towards something and accomplishing my goal and make and then feeling completely meaningless over and over again. it's like you know I ran that thing, I, I launched that company, I got the raise I you know, all these things and it meant nothing. So for me, a big part of bullet journaling is figuring out why I'm doing what I'm doing and the book was me basically aggregating all the emails that I've been writing over the years as to my thought, my thinking about this, like the philosophy that I've been using to make my life significantly more meaningful or have helped like different mental tools that help me figure out why I'm doing what I'm doing or let me stay aware of that.
0: Right. Man, I think so many of us can relate to wanting something so badly and then figure finally achieving it and arriving at that place and then feeling that emptiness where you're like, I don't, why did I want this? Cause you really didn't kind of anchor yourself into the reason behind why you were doing what you were doing. So many of us have felt that way. And so we just, yeah, it's like that emptiness that you feel. So, so it really helps with, making sure that you are doing things because you want to do them, not necessarily because you saw someone else do it and wanted the outcome that they had or wanted the praise that they had or you saw someone else succeed at something and thought, well, maybe that would be fun if I did it too.
1: Absolutely. And that's kind of how we're conditioned to operate. I mean, I would almost argue that the first, like goals are only helpful in helping us navigate our intentions. I think that that's the the why intentionality is so important for me. I I think that if you do something because you want to do it, because it lights you up, because that's it. Like don't expect to get anything out of it other than enjoying it or it, it meaning something to you right now, right now, like you will never get anything that you want ever. Like, I think it's a really important distinction. Like you will never get anything that you want. You might, get something more, you might get something less, but whatever expectation you have is incorrect. So I think that it's really important to start with, I just want to do it because it's meaningful to me. And then you win and then you use goals to help you make progress, you know, like to kind of, okay, in order to keep on doing this business, I need to make some money. So this is how I can make some money, but I'm not doing to make money. It's so I can continue to do this thing. You know, I want to get mentorship because I want to get better at doing this thing. It has to start with a real connection to whatever it is that you want to do. I think that it's, I know it's cliche, but I think that that's, we need to focus on the process and not the outcome because the outcome is completely unpredictable.
0: Right. Focus on the process and not the outcome because the outcome is completely unpredictable. Amen. That's the truth. <laughs> you can't control it. No, you can't. And it does always end up somehow being a little bit different than we ever imagined or planned on, or, you know, life happens on life's terms always.
1: (laughs) Yeah, life has zero interest in what you want.
0: Zero. Yeah. (laughs) So how can people be a part of this community? Because now it's like people, intentionality is the backbone of what bullet journaling is. And so, you know, this there was kind of all these places in all the corners of the internet where people were kind of getting together uh, mm-hmm. to talk about their their Bujo, as you call it, right? Bujo? Um, yeah. For short. Um, but you kind of created a, mm-hmm. a place for people to land.
1: Yeah, so this year we launched Bujo U, which is a membership site, which basically aggregates the best possible resources for a bullet journal. Because bullet journal has become very popular and spread very far and in some cases very thin. So a lot of the information that people find about bullet journaling is just incorrect or it's an interpretation of an interpretation of an interpretation, but there is a real core and there is a real structure that's not insignificant and it's far from being irrelevant. So there are things that one needs to know concepts that one needs to know to make this work. And if anything, I was, I was confused as to how I can best serve the community in the way that I was. So I realized that it's too big. It's, it's way too big. I just can't help everyone all the time. So I wanted to create a home that could serve as a place for really committed bullet journalists to learn from one another. So that's what Bujo Mu is. We have live events all the time and I'm talking directly to members and we're developing new ideas together and just, sharing things and it's i like to call it an intentional social network because there's like no algorithms there's no ads like people pay for their membership and that keeps the lights on and lets me hire the people that help you run the thing but basically the better we serve the community you know the better we can run like their interests are aligned so again in this case technology is wonderful right so it's right. one place where all the best resources are and everything we do is very much based on the feedback from the community. So it helps me learn as well. Like my home practice has been greatly affected by what I've learned from the community, which is really exciting.
0: Yeah. I mean, those are, that's a good problem to have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Let's
0: talk about good problems to have. The community was too large. So I had to create something to bring everybody together. I mean, that's incredible. That's really
1: awesome. Well, well I mean,
0: congratulations a, about that.
1: Thank you, thank you. I mean, I, I, it, it, it's infuriating in that like there were a lot of people out there teaching bullet journal to make money, right? And what they were teaching had nothing to do with what I had put together or instructed. So it's kind of like these get rich quick schemes or, you know, teaching people things. But of course I'd get the email from the mother or the teacher being like, hey, I tried this class and it didn't work. I'm like, what class? I don't have a class, you know, (laughs) and all of a sudden, like, did you try this? Did you try that? And For me, it was really important to keep the integrity of what I put together because it has proven itself very effective for a lot of people. There's something there and it becomes better and more effective with time as people really focus on developing it. And that's the thing that's so beautiful about Bullet Journal. It becomes whatever you need it to be at different times of your life within a certain structure. So this community really serves as kind of an incubator for really solid ideas from people who really understand what they're doing. You know, even the people who have no idea who become members quickly learn in a way that they can get started much faster and get on board and get these ideas, not have to kind of stumble around on the Internet (laughs) trying to figure out what the right way to Bullet Journal is. So yeah, it's um, it's really exciting. Yeah, there are
0: a lot of imposter videos out there. There are a lot of imposter videos out there. There's a lot of people on YouTube. If you Google uh, bullet journal, there's a lot of random people on the internet who try to teach oh. the bullet journal methodology. When you just go straight to the source or get the book. <laughs> I loved uh, the intentional intersection between mindfulness and productivity.
1: I, I like to do describe I like to describe bullet journaling as a mindfulness practice that's disguised as a productivity system I think that's I like that very accurate that's
0: what soul cycle is that's exactly (laughs) what soul cycle is it's a mindfulness practice disguised as a workout (laughs) and I started working there almost 10 years ago and I was like that's why people keep coming back because it's mm. good for their mental health because it's in a quiet or it's in a dark room and you don't speak for 45 minutes and you you're in the middle of the, like this intense workout. And, you know, if you have an instructor who is also, you know, speaking, you know, sometimes motivationally, uh, for towards you, it's like, and puts the, puts you in this mental space where you can think about everything that you're going through in your life and then bring it in the room on the bike. I'm like, you're actually taking intentional time out of your day to think about the things that are stressing you out and to potentially get to the core and the source and the root of those things that are stressing you out. And it's like, well, yeah, no shit. You feel better afterwards. Like, of course you do. And I, it's funny you say that. Cause I've always thought that that's what Cycle was. And so Cycle started 15 years ago now. And I'm like, this was when therapy was taboo, more taboo. This was when people really, I still feel like we're still in the midst of not wanting to talk about their feelings and going to therapy was not cool. Uh, and it, it's like this phenomena catch up, caught on. And I think it's because it was, in a way, a lot of mental therapy for a lot of people and they just didn't realize that was happening.
1: <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I, I too, find enormous relief through exercise. And for me, I find the reason is because you become present. And I'm, I haven't taken a soul SoulCycle qu- course yet, but it looks really intense and intensity usually makes you present. If you have to show up, you have to be there. It's really hard to be distracted. And being present is having the amount of time that we're present every day, I think, is decreasing very rapidly. Because as soon as you pick up your phone, you're gone. And I think that for me, using pen and paper, again, creates an opportunity for presence. So maybe that's the connection.
0: Right, 100%. And I think on that note, we just will close it out there. Uh, Take as much time as you possibly can to be present. Oh, wait, I have another question. I forgot that I asked everybody. What is one piece of advice that you would tell your younger self?
1: I guess I have two answers to that. I think Great. one answer is I wouldn't give my younger self any advice because then I wouldn't be who I am now. The other one is I think it's not necessarily advice, but a mental model, which is real but not true. I think that we torture ourselves unnecessarily because of what we think and what we feel, thinking that it's the truth. Like we're really experiencing things, but like it's not necessarily the truth. It's, uh, you know, there's, there's what happened and then there's their story about what happened. And I feel like it would have just reduced the amount of worry in my life, having that understanding.
0: All right. I love both those answers. And i probably think the first answer is my favorite that I've gotten yet. (laughs) So I love that. Um, where can people find you, uh, on the socials and, uh, follow
1: bullet journal? bullet journals everywhere, (laughs) pretty much just bullet journal.com at bullet journal. We're very active on IG and yeah, bullet journal is a great resource where you can find many things for free.
0: Amazing. Yep. People love free things. So we love that. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate you. And I think there's just so many golden moments, nuggets, right in, in in this episode that people really uh, appreciate. So thanks for sharing.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Am I right or am I right? I told you that today's episode was going to be a really good one and Ryder was so awesome. Uh, like I said, so many takeaways, things to write down. Uh, and for those of you who feel like you're not organized, and you really want to be. And maybe you have 10,000 journals in your apartment the same way that I do. And you scribble down notes anywhere you can, or your phone is full of notes. This is a methodology to kind of bring all of that together in one place and organize your thoughts so that you can organize your life. Wow. Organize your thoughts so you can organize your life. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Listen, if this is one that you loved, Share it with someone you love. Always share it with someone you love. Send it to somebody, uh let them know that this helped you and maybe it could help them too. That's why I do what I do. So, uh, yeah, if it helps you share it with someone else, that is a wrap for today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being you. Thank you for listening. Uh, as always be sure to follow me on Instagram at Victoria Brown, and please follow our podcast handle at very best self like comment, subscribe, review, you know, all the stuff, all the things. So thanks. I'll see you next time.